Good morning. Welcome to all of our new students who've arrived uh, for this new semester, and also welcome back to all of the others. Uh, please join me in the reading of some of the verses of Psalm 72. You'll find those printed on the front part of your bulletin for today as we celebrate the epiphany of our Lord, how God made his Son now manifest to the Gentiles. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles will, pr will bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba will offer gifts. Yes, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen. We hear the first portion of our reading from Matthew chapter 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Thanks be to God.
We continue with our reading from Matthew 2. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented, him, presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. Please be seated. Of all the historical figures mentioned in the Bible, Caesar Augustus is probably the one that we know the most about from other historical sources from back in that time. But King Herod, known as Herod the Great, is probably second only to Caesar Augustus and from that same time period. We know a lot about him from history, uh, partly because he was a king over a nation, but also because he was a, such a notoriously bad and evil figure. And what we know about King Herod from historical sources outside of the Bible fits exactly what we see about him inside of the Bible, like a hand in the glove. When the King of Heaven, our Lord Jesus Christ, chooses to enter this world through the womb of the young virgin and come into this world in order to save us, he immediately has to deal with, even as a little infant, has to deal with the evil inside of this wicked king. And King Herod, in many ways, you might say, is the embodiment of all that is wrong and evil in humanity. And, sad to say, still even in us today. As we meditate on our Lord's Epiphany for a few moments today, let us see the great contrast between these two kings, King Herod and the King of Grace, our Lord Jesus Christ, and also between their kingdoms and how they operate in their kingdoms. First of all, Herod. In order to benefit himself, Herod married himself into the family of Jewish royalty intentionally so that he could serve himself and for his own self-interest. Christ, on the other hand, the king of glory, in order to benefit you and us, Christ left his seat of heavenly royalty to make you his bride through faith in him and to make you ultimately heavenly royalty. Herod would often participate in religious ceremonies in order to try to appear as if he was part of his people, even though he really was not, and it was ultimately for political reasons and to serve his own interests. Christ, on the other hand, came into this world and participated in the greatest event of religious ceremony, that of the cross, in order to preserve you and me from death. He gave his life 
as a ransom for many. We know from the annals of history that Herod built possibly as many as six palace fortresses where he could run to escape the hatred of his own people, his own subjects. Two of them still survive today, Masada and Herodium. He also had a force of 2,000 bodyguards around him to protect him, similar to Saddam Hussein not too many years ago in Iraq. And he did this because of his brutal reputation among his own people. Christ, on the other hand, has built a spiritual church, a spiritual home for his believers to care for them and protect them. And those who are subjects to him in his kingdom have nothing but love and admiration for him. Herod was known to send out henchmen to spy on his own subjects in his kingdom, afraid that they might be dissenting against him and then would have them eliminated. Christ in his kingdom, on the other hand, sends out his ministers among us to refresh us with the gospel of peace and to tell us that our sins are forgiven for his sake. Herod would send out his evil forces like we see in our text to murder even innocent children in order to retain his earthly power. Christ has come, on the other hand, to run the sword of oppression through himself, concerned about our future danger. And he gives us the water of baptism as a way to make us part of his kingdom. Herod had his own brother-in-law drowned to prevent a possible coup and to preserve his kingdom. Christ takes us and places us in the water of baptism to redeem us, to cover us with his holiness, and to give us, to give you his very kingdom. Herod gives order to have people executed at the moment of his death. Think about this. He gave an order that at the moment he died, 12 men in every city in his kingdom should be taken out into the streets and executed to make sure that there would be people crying on the day of his death. Christ, on the other hand, has given the orders for his own execution in scripture and followed them to the T, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring us to God in order to wipe away every possible tear from our eyes in heaven. Herod had his wife's servant tortured to find out if his wife was being unfaithful. Despite our unfaithfulness to Christ, he allowed himself to be tortured on our behalf. As Isaiah says, by his stripes we are healed. Herod gave orders to have his own wife put to death the day he died so that no one else would have the chance to marry her. As Caesar Augustus said about him, it is better to be Herod's pig than his wife. That's quite a statement. Christ, on the other hand, followed the order to have himself killed for the sake of his bride and for our future. Herod had his wife executed and then preserved her dead, naked body in a vat of honey for seven years so no one else could touch her. Christ permitted himself to be executed in order to preserve our bodies alive through the resurrection 
and permit us to live in the heavenly land of milk and honey that he has won for us, where we can live forever. So why has the king of grace come into the world to do this? Why has he come to do this? You can say, along with believers, in order that I might be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. All praise to this wonderful, eternal King of glory. Amen. Please join me in an epiphany prayer. Turn in your hymn book to page 149 in the front portion of your hymn book, page 149. We will use their collect or prayer number 19. And please rise, please rise. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you have given us the light of your holy word, the guiding star that leads us to the Christ child. Send, we beseech you, your Holy Spirit into our hearts that we may receive this light and make use of it for our salvation. And that we, like the wise men, when they were seeking the star, may not be afraid because of any hardship or peril, but put all our trust in your only begotten Son as our only Savior, devote our earthly possessions to the advancement of your kingdom, and in all things serve him, your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen.
fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go now in peace.